For Truth with a Texas Twain, Fireside Talk Radio, the show where women ponder the things we store in our hearts. Host Kathy Carathy invites experts to talk openly about what women care about, like how to create lifelong companionship, dealing with mental illness in our families, bullying at school, and many others. You name it, we talk about it. Listen in now as Kathy helps us find answers to our most tender questions. Welcome to Camp Crafe's Fireside Talk Radio, where our goal is to ponder over all the tried and true stuff women store in our hearts as we knit our families together in lifelong fellowship. Our favorite verse on this show is Luke 2.19, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. First, I want to thank Home Instead Senior Care for providing trustworthy, kind-hearted senior home care services in your loved one's home. All caregivers are thoroughly screened, extensively trained, professional, and reliable. At Home Instead, it's about providing the highest quality home care services to fit you and your family's needs. And we are so grateful to them for providing today's episode. And I have as my guest, Lathan Watts from First Liberty. Lathan, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. And before we go any further, I know people are going to be very fascinated. By the way, First Liberty is fighting to preserve religious freedom in this country. Guaranteed by the First Amendment, you wouldn't think it was under attack, but it sure is. So if, if as you listen to my dear listening friends, I want you to know you can go to firstliberty.org. And I noticed this this morning when I was researching some of the stuff I wanted to ask Lathan about. On the far right-hand upper corner, there is a Give button on their masthead. So I did want to point that out because I know some people are going to find this very intriguing and may want to even make a donation to what you're doing. So you remind me of another one of my favorite charities, uh, causes really for medical care. We have a clinic here in East Texas called Bethesda Healthcare, and they take no government funds. And because of the volunteering health professionals, doctors and nurses and technicians and psychologists and dentists, because all those people volunteer their time, we are able to provide really excellent care for people in East Texas. So that's similar uh, function the way you guys do your your work. And so tell us how that works and why it matters, Lathan. Yeah, so as you as you said, we are um, a very special kind of law firm. Uh, we are the, the largest organization in the country that exclusively does religious liberty uh, litigation. Um, we also have kind of an in-house think tank that produces a lot of uh, material on the subject of religious liberty. Um, but uh, we are a nonprofit. We are a 501c3. We are supported by donors from around the country. So I appreciate you um, uh, letting people know how they can they can help us out if they want to. And that means that our clients never get a bill. So I love that. When you go to our website and you see you know some of these stories of some of the people uh, that we represent, uh, I think of a guy like Coach Kennedy up in the Seattle, Washington area, um, who was fired for taking a knee and saying a silent prayer on the football field after games. You know, there's no way he could afford um, the, the the legal bill that would come with the kind of representation that we're giving him. His case has been going on for almost four years now, and it's probably another two years before it's before it's you know finished. I mean, the bill would be astronomical. Um, so it's really the only way this will work is um, is for us to do this the way that we do. And so we have a team of attorneys in house uh, here at First Liberty, but then we also partner with. 
attorneys who are you know, working in firms out, out across America in private practice, and they volunteer their time to work with us and uh, donate their time pro bono as well. So uh, what that results in uh, actually is for, for every dollar that's, that's donated to First Liberty, it's actually a return of about $6 when you, when you match it with the, the expense of the time that's being donated by those volunteer attorneys, because these are some of the best attorneys in the country and some of the biggest firms in the country, and their time is not cheap. And so when they, when they donate that to work with us, uh, that just maximizes the, uh, the, the donations that, uh, that are given to First Liberty. So, uh, thank you so much for, for bringing that up. Um, and you know, uh, it's a, just it's a privilege to work here. I want you to know, too, I want my listening friends to hear this. Right next to the Give button, there's another permanent button on your masthead at your website that says Get Legal Help. And when I remember when we homeschooled our kids, I, which I did all. I did homeschooling, public school, and private school with my kids. I always just did what was best for them. So I'm not biased one way or the other. But while we were homeschooling, it was still pretty early in the 90s, and I was really glad to know there were people out there ready to defend our right to school our, to educate our kids the way we needed to. And, and we always just based that on what was best for our kids, and it was wonderful as a parent to know that that right would be protected by people who love that cause as much as I did and would step up to help. So I appreciate First Liberty for because it is scary when you're doing something you believe is your right, but other people want to challenge it. And I think we're living in a time where we see our religious freedoms are coming under scrutiny and attack. So tell me a little bit about how you see that. Um, it's like a lot of things, kind of a good news, bad news scenario. Um, we are very busy uh, here at First Liberty, which means there are a lot of um, uh, attacks on religious liberty going on around around the country. But we're also winning, so that's the good news. Um, we are, you know, seeing um, a lot of progress in um, uh, Supreme Court victory that we just won in June. Um, uh, the case is the American Legion versus the American Humanist Association. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the issue in that case was a nearly 100-year-old uh, World War One veterans memorial in Bladensburg, Maryland, that uh, the Humanist Association wanted it torn down because the monument is in the shape of a cross and it sits on property that's now maintained by uh, the Maryland Parks Commission, and they claimed that that somehow violated the Establishment Clause of the First Amendment. Well. Um, when you get a chance to argue a case in front of the Supreme Court, uh, you, you really need to make the most of it. And so what we did at the Supreme Court was not only ask them to, you know, once and for all declare that this this monument um, in no way violates the Establishment Clause and therefore can stay, but to also uh, reconsider a case that had been uh, used to analyze these types of issues for over 40 years and had really created more confusion than it had ever solved and had led to a lot of these types of cases being filed. That case was called Lemon versus Kurtzman, and it's been known as the Lemon Test uh, ever since. And so at the Supreme Court, uh, yeah, um, at, at the Supreme Court, we asked the court, you know, as I said, not only to protect the Bladensburg Memorial, but to get rid of the Lemon Test and replace it with a more um, workable, solution that is more rooted in the original text and intent of the First Amendment. And that's exactly what they did. Um, We won the case 7-2. 
you know, wow. I also mentioned, had, had we lost that case, the Fourth Circuit, which is where um, we had appealed from, uh, where, the, where the monument is, that circuit also includes Arlington National Cemetery. So had, and the Fourth Circuit actually ruled against us and said that it did violate the uh, Establishment Clause. In fact, one of the Fourth Circuit judges suggested chopping the arms off the cross, and that might somehow make it acceptable. Well, if their decision had not been overturned, uh, you know, the Humanist Association could have gone into Arlington National Cemetery is also in the Fourth Circuit. And they could have, uh, you know, gone to the Canadian Cross of Sacrifice and had, you know, made claims that it should come down or the Argonne Cross or, or hey, while we're at it, let's, you know, sandblast the word God off the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. Uh, I mean, the, the, there were there were real consequences at stake here. So uh, we won 7-2 at the Supreme Court. Uh, the Bladensburg Memorial will stay just as it is. And um, probably the most important thing to come out of that opinion, uh, written by Justice Alito, said that going forward, uh, monuments, symbols, and practices that are in keeping with the history and tradition of this nation are now presumed constitutional. Uh, and that, that is a huge uh Shift in uh, it, it really is kind of turning a corner in America because that that will uh, the American Legion, our client, has already identified about three thousand uh, monuments, memorials around the country that are safe now. But the fact wow. that they use those terms, uh, you know, like the term practices that are keeping with history and tradition of our country, are now presumed constitutional. That puts the onus on the other side to prove that they're not. And that's a complete flip. I mean, we were always the ones having to prove that this does not violate the Establishment Clause. And when you think about the Establishment Clause, I mean, it should be fairly simple. The mm-hmm. founders did not want an official church of the United States of America. Right. And they just finished, you know, fighting a war with the greatest empire in the history of the world at that point that had the Church of England. Right. Which citizens were taxed to support. And uh, that's not what they wanted here. There was not going to be an official church in the United States of America. And having a cross-shaped monument on ground that, you know, the state pays somebody to come out and cut the grass, that in no way does that establish the official church of the state of Maryland. Um, you know, people driving by that monument are not compelled to worship anything. They're not uh, forced to comply or, or pay taxes to support some church somewhere. If anything, they're just compelled to remember that there were 49 men from Prince George's County who gave their life for their country in World War One, And that's it. So that was a huge, huge victory. It's going to pay you know dividends uh, for many, many years um, uh, going forward because of the, the way the court has changed the way it will analyze these types of cases. Uh, I love that. But, we, have a, we have about two minutes before the break. I just want to give you a heads up. So you, you, you just summarized what you said really beautifully, that this puts us on a much more clear and, and substantive foundation for going forward as far as our, our legal challenges go. Is that correct, Lathan? Am I saying that correctly? That's, a, that's exactly right. And, uh, you know, the... We have other cases that are working their way through that uh, we hope and believe are going to give the court a similar opportunity to clarify uh, things as it relates to the free exercise clause. So that's the, the two clauses of the First Amendment that deal with religious liberty. And that's really about your right to live according to what you believe. Um, that's what free exercise is about. And, and that really that protects people of all faiths or people of no faith because mm-hmm. it's really about the right of conscience. And even people who aren't particularly religious have a set of ideas that they want to live by, and they have the right to do so. 
And so uh, that's what the free exercise clause is about, and we're looking forward to um, defending that and, um, and, and getting a little bit more clearer picture from the court um, for the future of that clause as well. Well, I cannot wait to talk to you some more about that when we get back. Stay tuned with us, and don't forget, first, you can find more from Lathan Watts on firstliberty.org, their website, or you can look for my blog on this topic at Kathy Crafty, K-R-A-F as in Frank, V as in Victor, E as in Edward.com. Truth with the Texas Twang. Stay with us. We are so happy you're with us. We don't want to today. miss a moment at Fireside Talk Radio, so stay tuned for more adventures as we talk about the things women store and ponder in their hearts. More Truth with a Texas Twang when we return. Y'all to see my blue-eyed Sally. She lives way down on Shimbone Alley. The number on the gate and the number on the door in the next house over is a grocery store. Hi, this is Kathy. As women, we have a lot to ponder, but even the toughest topics are easier when we open up authentically and share our tenderest wisdom with each other. During this break, I want to mention a special way you can help other women. You can sign up for our blog and share it with your friends. Our podcasts are designed to create tools to talk about the toughest topics at home or at work. You can help by going to Kathy Crafty, C-A-T-H-Y-K-R-A-F as in Frank, V as in Victor, E as in Edward, dot com. We hope you love sharing these conversational adventures as much as we love bringing in experts to tell their stories and share their wisdom. Truth with a Texas twang spoken here. My parents are getting older and I want to be there to help. But sometimes I spend more time taking care of them than my own family. It's starting to put pressure on my marriage, and I feel like I'm ignoring my kids. My parents need help. I need help. My mom wants to stay at home, but she honestly can't handle it on her own anymore. I've been taking care of her, but I just want to be her daughter again. I know mom feels the same way. I'm not sure where to turn. If you're struggling to care for your parents, you're not alone. Home Instead Senior Care can help. With personalized service and a personal touch, our caregivers will help your parents stay in the place they call home. Home Instead Senior Care. To us, it's personal. to thank our generous sponsors for making these candid conversations possible at Fireside Talk Radio, where we talk openly about the things women store and ponder in their hearts, where truth and Texas twang meet. Welcome back. We are so fortunate today to get to hear from an expert on constitutional law and somebody who's taking cases all the way to the Supreme Court to defend our religious freedom. So, Lathan Watts, I'm just having the best time asking you questions. Thanks for being on the show. Uh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. When we broke off, we were talking about free exercise, and, and really we like to, for, for firstliberty.org, we like to focus on freedom of religion, freedom of speech, 
freedom of petition and assembly. And, you know, I, I love what you said right before the break when you were talking about us having a conscience to freely live according to what we believe without other people telling us what our beliefs have to be. And in our house, we call that the free will. And I, 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 I like to kid my kids. I say things like, um, it's okay for those people to disagree with me. They have every right to be wrong. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. And then, uh, of course, as parents, we all want our kids to exercise their free will and think for themselves. And, as, and my mother used to say, we taught our kids to think for themselves. And then we were surprised when they didn't agree with us. <laughs> so right. I think that's what parents do. We we want them to be free to agree with us, right? So talk to me a little bit about how you what cases you're seeing and what that means for us as a culture. Certainly. So uh, I mentioned a little bit, um, uh, I think maybe in our previous episode, about uh, Coach Joe Kennedy up in yeah. Bremerton, Washington. He's our client that um, he's a, was a high school football coach who – uh, would take a knee at the end of football games and say a 15, 30 second silent prayer and school, uh, fired him for it. And, um, he's, we've been working on his case for years now. And, um, you know, we, uh, we took it up to the Supreme Court. Um, they decided not to take the case, but they did something kind of rare in that they, they attached a little opinion to the denial that they kind of laid out a playbook. Uh, to bring the case back. Uh, basically, they said that there were some issues of fact back at the trial court level that they thought needed to be clarified before they could really get to the First Amendment issue. So that's what we're doing right now. We're back at the district court getting those things cleared up so that we can uh, move his case back up. Um, but you think about that, that what happened to him. I mean, here was a guy who um, yeah. you know, just went to the middle of the field when the game was over and took a knee and said a quick, silent prayer of thanks um, he would tell you he, when he when he took the job, he made a commitment to God that if he was given the uh, the opportunity to, to coach and uh, and uh, be a part of you know these these kids' lives, um, that he would thank God every, day, every after every game for that opportunity, oh. win win or lose, and mm-hmm. and that's what he did for close to seven years, and no one ever complained about what he was doing. Now think about this. You know, this is in Bremerton, Washington. This is not exactly the buckle of the Bible Belt here in America, but even up there, no one ever complained about what he was doing. It was mm. uh, someone actually complimenting him to his administration that actually brought their attention to what he was doing, and then wow. you know, it went downhill from there. But um, you know, the, the free exercise clause. What? It, it protects your right to live according to your faith, and you don't abandon that right just because you take a government job. You know, he's working for a public mm-hmm. school; that's part mm-hmm. of government, and that's what um, was at issue when we when we appealed the case. The, the school was basically saying, "Well, he's speaking on behalf of the district when he does this, and that's going to give the impression that we're you know endorsing a religion, so he can't do it." And the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals uh, bought that argument, and their opinion even said that. If he did anything um, where he could be seen, that you know, a reasonable observer would would conclude he's speaking on behalf of the district, and that would somehow violate the establishment clause. Well, think about if that decision is allowed to stand. What that means for uh, public school employees or employees of any government, uh, any level of government, that means 
you know, a Jewish teacher uh, couldn't wear a yarmulke. That means uh, a Catholic teacher, if they're you know in the cafeteria on lunch duty and make the sign of the cross, you know, as you say your prayer over your meal, if anybody can see you do that, you've somehow violated the establishment clause. So you know, you can't do that. I mean, it's it's absurd and it's a it's a twisted. Um, Interpretation of the free exercise clause. A lot of people refer to that now uh, when they talk about free exercise. They'll talk about uh, the freedom of worship, or uh, you know, the First Amendment protects your right to believe anything you want to believe. Well, if that's the case, then that would confine religious liberty to between the ears of the person of faith, but or you know, within the four walls of whatever church they they choose to attend. but once they leave there, that's basically it. And that's not what the founders intended. And you don't have to be a constitutional scholar or um, a lawyer to just look at the semantics of the, of yeah. the amendment, the free exercise of religion. That's the only instance that I'm aware of in the English language where anyone will try to convince you that exercise means belief. I mean, I, yeah. I, I say it this way. If, if all it took for me to have you know six-pack abs was just to believe that I have them, then... I would have them, but I don't because there's a there's a requisite amount of activity that goes to get those that I'm just not willing to do. Exercise, the word exercise implies and demands activity, and so the the free exercise clause protects our right to live every day according to what we believe. For people of faith, that's informed by their religion. For people who aren't religious, it's still informed by something, whether you know, it's the way their parents raised them or, or whatever, but they have the right to live according to their beliefs. And the founders knew that if, if government was ever allowed to get in that space between man and God or between a man and his own conscience, there would literally be no limit to what government could do. And that's know, why religious liberty is first in the First Amendment. What's interesting to me about all that is, I, well, I, I think, I think, it reminds me of when I was with Campus Crusade for Christ. We used to send, prepare people to go into some of the Middle Eastern countries where it was illegal to talk about Jesus. And I always felt that that was an, the implication there was that those governments did not feel that their own faith was strong enough to withstand scrutiny. Because And so that's why I think America has this great advantage where we are so willing to put our own lifestyles and faith up for public scrutiny. I think that's the big advantage that people like me who follow Jesus have. He, his, when you investigate what he claimed and how he lived and how he calls us to live, you see that it stands scrutiny. So, that's the other reason that I think it's so important for us to maintain religious freedom. Christianity has nothing to fear when it comes to religious freedom at all. I mean, so I don't think our forefathers were afraid in that way. Certainly not. And they, and if you, as you study history, just as you mentioned, every totalitarian regime throughout history, one of the first uh, points of conflict uh, is over religious liberty because yeah. – a totalitarian cannot abide a, a people who have an allegiance to an authority higher than him or, or higher than the government. And so there's always, I mean, you look, I mean, just take your pick, uh, Stalin, Mao, Pol Pot, even Chavez most, more recently in Venezuela, they always move to shut down religious freedom. 
Yeah, especially the, it seems the Christians come under scrutiny because we are so committed to the idea of personal responsibility. Yeah, and when you Certainly. have per- yeah, when absolutely. You have, when you have personal responsibility, you are going to have a people who are willing and able to think for themselves. So that becomes a threat to anybody who prefers to be a, tyr- a tyrant. You know, yeah, sure. that's a little a little scary trying to rule people that can rule themselves. That could be a little frightening if you're wanting to be a totalitarian dictator. Well, I'm just so grateful that you're fighting that fight. I can't even imagine how much prayer and how much thought goes into preparing every case. Just like you said, it's so unusual for the Supreme Court to give a list of things to qualify a case to come back. So now you're back in the lower courts reviewing all those things that they requested. That's a lot of work when you thought you were at the at the you know, you thought you'd hit the finish line. Instead, you had to go back and and review that. And for that coach, too, what a, what a big commitment he's made to live through this process with you. Certainly. Um, you know, it's now been, I believe this is the start of the fourth football season that he can be with his players. And, um, you know, the one thing that, that he was looking forward to, I know, when when the case was at the Supreme Court, was that he thought, well, you know, win or lose, this is going to be over. And, yeah. uh, and we get this, you know, the, this kind of rare thing, and oh. kind of like starting all over again. So, um, yes, I certainly pray for him and and for all our clients because they go through a lot um, to take the stand that they do. Uh, but coach is a marine, and uh, he is not going to uh, ever quit. So, uh, his his name is yeah, Coach Brennington. We, we appreciate it when. His name is Coach Kennedy, Joe Kennedy, at oh, Bremerton uh, School District in Bremerton, Washington. Okay, Coach Kennedy. And did I see that he'd written a book, or am I imagining that? Not that I know of. Okay. Well, when it when it comes <laughs> if he out, did, I, if he did and didn't tell me, I'm, I'm going to have to have a serious conversation with him. No, you would know. So when it when it <laughs> when the time comes and a book comes out on that, I want you to send that person to me. I want to interview them, whether it's Coach, Coach Kennedy or somebody on your staff that writes the book, or possibly you. Although I don't know how you'd have time to write a book. Okay, we've got two minutes, Lathan. Is there anything I should have asked you that I failed to ask? Or do you want to summarize the most important thing? Um, you cannot defend your rights if you don't know what they are. And I would encourage people, there's a lot of resources at firstliberty.org um, that will help you. Uh, our founders intended for we the people to be the first line of defense for our own liberty. And to do that, you have to know what your rights are. Um, you can learn a lot by studying our cases, but there's lots of resources available for you at firstliberty.org. And um, we appreciate all of uh, all the people that that keep informed and 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 who support us uh, with prayer and and some who do so financially as well. And uh, so I just want to thank you for the opportunity to be on your show today. Yeah, and so they defend their four main points are churches and religious organizations, liberty inside the military, liberty in schools, and liberty throughout the public arena. So do not miss a chance to check out firstliberty.org. And you're welcome. I love having you on the show, Lathan, but I am the one who should be thanking you, not only for coming on my show, 
but for all you're doing to protect our First Amendment rights uh, for all of us, not just me and not just Christians, but for everyone. And my kids and my grandkids, thank you, too. And we thank your friends at FirstLiberty.org and all the volunteer uh, attorneys that step in to help. So you can find more at Kathy Craffy, K-R-A-F-V-E.com. I'll be doing a blog about this, so look for that. It'll have all the hyperlinks to connect you to Lathan and his team. And thank you so much for joining us. And Truth with a Texas Twang spoken here. Thank you for joining us today where we speak truth with a Texas Twang about the very things that touch our hearts. Thank you for joining us today, and we will see you again next week. Oh, fellow. Got in.